0: 5AA Breakfast, David Penberthy and Will Goodings. Weekdays from 6 till 9 on Adelaide's 5AA.
1: 23 minutes to 8, John Blake before 8 o'clock. We'll have another number for you for postcode payday very shortly. The first two digits were 5-1. When you hear all four, be the first caller through and we'll give you $200 cash. Sean Fuster in the studio with us. We'll go round the courts. But today, Sean, round the courts with a twist.
0: I love when we get the opportunity to do this. That's right, we're going to play Doubt or No Doubt. Doubt or No Doubt. Which is the way I like to phrase it. So, of course, in the law, to find somebody guilty of something, you've got to find them guilty beyond reasonable doubt. Yep. What's reasonable doubt? Well, we're all reasonable people, with the potential exception of Penbo. <laughs> I'm pretty reasonable, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, it depends it depends on the doubt. <laughs> it's, it's the sort of doubt that an ordinary person would have when presented with the evidence. Okay. Luke so,
2: Brandon might not think I'm reasonable. i think i'm in step with public opinion i reckon you might be struck from the jury you know it's that sort of a case Mm. mr
0: pemberthy's on the jury list out (laughs) so what we're going to do is we're not going we're going to look into the peter dancy trial this is the allegations that peter dancy pushed his wife helen in her wheelchair into a pond at veal gardens to deliberately drown her to murder her to get her out of the way to move on with his life we're going to talk about the prosecution evidence. We're going to talk about the defense evidence. We're not going to come to guilty or not guilty because that's for the judge to decide. Yep. Justice David Lovell is the only person that can come to that. We're not going to you know, even touch the hem of his garb. Yep. What we're going to talk about with you two and possibly with some of our listeners on the text line is do you have doubt? If I present this evidence to you with an open mind, do you have doubt as to whether this is a murder or not or are you completely 100% mm. certain that it's not a murder. And
1: just to be clear on this, because a lot of people would not would be wondering why we can be so open and talking about this, it's because it's a judge trial. Because it's a judge alone Often trial. we have to be very guarded with the
0: comments we make, but That's this is... Right. Yeah. And rightly so, because Le-
2: everyone's entitled to a free trial. Absolutely. Free free trial.
0: But this one, there's more latitude because it's a judge. Exactly right. And you, long-time listeners will remember that with the Dita Fennig case, the yes. Louise Bell cold case murder, we actually did this. We presented the evidence mm. and they'll might remember that the two of you were actually left a little flummoxed. Mm. Because when it all got laid out in front of you, it wasn't quite as easy as you thought. And I remember will in particular going geez I'm, I'm not sure now so yep. it's worth doing this experiment again so- my 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 sort
2: of gut reaction to this is that there are so many things that point to a degree of planning that my instincts are that um, it's beyond reasonable doubt. Well, let's hear let's hear the cases from Sean. All right. So let, let's go in the order that you anything. hear
0: these things. So what you hear first is the prosecution. Yep. And usually the prosecution you hear longer. Because, of course, right. the prosecution has to prove this beyond reasonable doubt. The yep. defense doesn't have to prove anything. Yep. All mm. they have to do is point out the holes in the water, so to speak. Mm. So the prosecution case is that Peter X. Dancy spent many, many, many years caring for his wife, Helen. She was a microbiologist who suffered a stroke and was left disabled. She had short-term memory issues, had most of her long-term memory. In the last few years of her life, the allegation is that Dancy ceased caring for her properly. He'd leave her dirty, he wouldn't pay for shoes, he wouldn't pay for glasses, he wouldn't pay for dentures, he didn't want to spend money on her. The allegation is that when he moved her to a nursing home, he did so under sufferance because the public trustee and the couple's son Grant and family members forced it to happen. They didn't want her living in Waterfall Gully anymore in a Mm. house that was described as very uh, tight-fitting and not much room and steep driveways, very poor for a wheelchair. The allegation is that Dancy put her basically in the cheapest nursing home accommodation he could find, stuck her in a dementia ward where she'd have no stimulation, no involvement, nobody to talk to, no way of having a pet, no way of having crossword puzzles, the things that she liked to do. So this is ongoing family feud, that manifested when Helen was supposed to go to her brother's funerals, plural. Dancy wouldn't pay for the taxi, wouldn't pay for the carer. He's like, no, if you wanted to go to this funeral, the family doesn't want me there, I'm not paying for Mm. it. So from the prosecution side of things, there was a lot to do with this money and this family feud. Then you've got the idea that on Easter, Dancy picks up Helen from the nursing home for the first time in a very long time, first visit he's had, loads her into her wheelchair, drives her to Veal Gardens, takes her to watch the sunset over the pond. Prosecution says that he left his wallet and his watch in the car, parked on South Terrace, that he had a change of clothes in the car with him, for himself, not for Helen, that he took Helen, who was dressed appropriately for the weather, whereas Dancy was in jeans and and, uh, shorts, sorry, T-shirt and shorts, took Helen to the edge of the pond. The prosecution says it's the only pond in Veal Gardens where he could possibly have parked the wheelchair and pushed somebody in. The further allegation is that when Dancy rang triple zero, he wasn't panicked, he was very calm. Mm-hmm. There's about a five-minute gap between her going into the water and the call to triple zero, and that when triple zero operators asked him six or seven times get in the water and just lift Helen's head out of the water, even just to roll her over, he kept saying, I've got bad legs, I've got diabetes, the water's too deep, it's too cold, I almost drowned myself, I'm not getting back in there. And when police and ambulance officers arrive, they find his phone and his car keys neatly parked next to a tree, well away from the water. Had he been in the water? He was wet. Yeah. Now, we don't know whether he'd been in the water. We know he was wet, because Mm. when everyone arrived... no one saw it. There's no witnesses. No one saw it, no witnesses, no CCTV footage. You've got Dancy saying, This was an accident. I was trying to push her toward the pond. Helen either put the brakes off at the wrong time and slipped forward, or she fell, or I don't know what happened. I don't really remember what happened in those five minutes. The final bit of evidence that we're going to talk about is that in the weeks after the death... An analysis of Dancy's computer systems found that he had been, according to the prosecution, researching cheap funerals, funeral insurance, visas to move to China. He'd been researching fetish wear online and sex toys, and he'd been having an ongoing series of conversations with women in China that were of a sexual nature, and one of the conversations said, playing first, then husband. Mm. The assertion of the prosecution being that he wanted Helen out of the way to end the family feud to get access to her money, to not be told what to do with her money anymore and to move on with his life with these Chinese women. How is, are we feeling so far? Is there a
2: thing in the law where, because uh, I know, and this is Bush lawyer talking, my understanding is circumstantial evidence generally doesn't get you over the line. Yeah. Is there a thing, though, in the law where you can have so much of it <laughs> <laughs> that you are inevitably propelled towards the... Yes, I, I think this actually did happen.
0: Well, the concept Conclusion. is the concept is it's a strong circumstantial case, and that's what the prosecution says. There's no direct evidence. There's no, no one saw him do it. No, that's right. I and can't if, imagine
2: if, a stronger circumstantial case. When well, you think
0: about it. Of course, there are going to be say fi- we think of forensic evidence and stuff mm. like that. Of course, his fingerprints are going to be on the wheelchair. He was pushing her by his own admission. Mm. You know, he was yeah. there. His footprints are there. All the things that you say. Oh, what about footprints and stuff? Of course, all of that is there because he is saying this is a tragic accident not a murder. So you do have that very strong circumstantial case but what I like to say to people is if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck sometimes it's a swan. <laughs> so what would, what did the defense say? Well the defense said nothing the prosecution has put is inconsistent with an innocent explanation of a tragic accident. So wrap your head around that for a minute mm. because as the prosec- as the defense said he cared for Helen for the better part of 20 years. That's got to be Frustrating, upsetting to see someone you love lose their health, lose their ability to communicate, lose their ability to ambulate. The idea that maybe this lonely old man was having some online frolics with Chinese women, well, unfortunately, given the circumstances, that might have been his only sense of fulfillment. Mm. might have been his only outlet for those sorts of things. They've pointed out, and the prosecution's had to accept, that the funeral evidence, the funeral insurance evidence, that company cold-called Dancy and said, hey, Ah. you've won some free funeral insurance. Ah. Would you like it? You can cancel it at any time. And Dancy went, yeah, all right. Okay. So the prosecution accepted that. Prosecution accepted that's where that came from. So you've got all those things. (laughs) The defense says, well, of course he wasn't willing to spend money on Helen. The family was trying to freeze him out, trying to cut him out. He was frustrated. He wasn't upset with Helen. And there is nowhere in the evidence where he says a single nasty thing about Helen. My wife's a wonderful woman. She used to be a microbiologist. She's great. You know, I take her out when I can. I do what I can. All of the evidence of his direct statements to anybody about Helen is free of malice and what a wonderful person she is.
2: Hmm. And, and demonstrably, whatever has happened in the past few years is, is, is clearly, well, the subject of this trial, leads up to this trial. But prior to that, for,
0: for a very, very, very long time, he did care for her. That's right. That's right. Now, it, the family, as in Helen's family, will say, well, that's for a variable value of care. We don't think he was caring properly. Defence says that may be their opinion, but he was doing all he could. The real issue here, according to Defence, is that Dancy didn't recognise that he was getting older, that he yeah. was getting less physically capable, and he was being stubborn and refusing to realise that it was time to hand over his wife's care to someone else right. and accept a lesser role. And that he took her to the pond that night in the, you know, obstinate belief that he can do this and everything's fine. And then a tragic accident happened. And the defense concluded with the reason their client sounded so calm on the triple O call is because, number one, Your Honor, he's a very odd man who does things his own way. That's clear from the evidence. And number two, he'd lost her 20 years earlier. Yeah. The wife that he yeah. knew and loved yeah, that's right. was gone earlier in his so, mind due to the disability. So, therefore, when she accidentally went into the pond, he's not reacting the same way you or I would because it's not as immediate and as full-on to him as it would be us.
1: Okay. Well, folks, you've heard both cases. double mm. 0000, Texas on the Telstra Storm at Barker Text Line, zero double four eight zero eight thirteen ninety five. 1395. And we don't
0: want to hear guilty or not no. guilty.
1: We want to hear doubt or no doubt. doubt we got to stress that. Or no doubt. I, I go back to the conversation we had yesterday, David. To me, it feels like a textbook case of, on the preponderance of the evidence, it feels more likely than not. Hmm. But is more likely beyond reasonable but, but doubt. But I'm not at beyond reasonable doubt on the basis of what I've heard in the last 10 minutes.
0: What is it that gives you doubt?
1: You can't prove it. I'm given <laughs> doubt because I'm not even sure, I'm not even convinced of the motive. Okay. Like, I... I it, I'm, I'm sympathetic to the defence's idea that this could have been consistent with someone who had cared for someone with a long, for a long time and
0: either fantasised or desired a different life. So defence said, the only way that this is sinister is if you start with guilt and look backwards at his yeah. actions rather than starting with his actions and looking forward. That's the way the defence has phrased it. You're, you're finding some sympathy in that I, argument? I, I am. And
1: I've, I've read every word you've written about this case. And most every, every time I've read it, I've thought, I don't think there's any doubt until I sat down and put it all together
0: and read your story yesterday with the defences version, I thought, oh. And this is why the jury system is so important. People out there that haven't sat on a jury, that haven't had the opportunity to come into court, this is why it's so important, not only that the jury hears both sides, but the media reports both sides. Absolutely. Yeah. Even if the defence side is only one day, as it was in this case, it still has to be mm. reported because these are the questions that a judge must entertain. We've got some callers,
1: Christine in Westlakes. What do you make of it?
0: No doubt whatsoever.
1: No doubt whatsoever, Christine. Okay, no. All right, thank you. Let's go to Sam at and What do you think?
0: G'day, boys. G'day, Sean. G'day, How mate. Are you? Good. Uh, I've got doubts because maybe she wanted to die and he said, well, let's make an accident because if I, if, 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 if you say to push me in the water, be murder. So maybe, maybe she wanted to go.
1: Well, thank you, Sam. He's got some doubts. Yeah. Debbie in South Plimpton, what do you think?
0: I hate to say, but based on what um,
2: uh, Sean just said, I'm going to say doubt.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, Debbie. I've kind of reluctantly felt that <laughs> way too.
2: Yeah, I was convinced he was guilty, but I have to say, based on all that evidence, even the China stuff and all that, yep. but but now that I'm caring for an elderly person, I sort of get what he is saying. I hate to say doubt. Sorry. Yep.
1: Thank you, Debbie. Mark, good morning.
2: Good morning. Um, I used to teach this to cops many years ago. And to say that you have to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt is wrong. The doubt doesn't have to be fanciful; it can't be fanciful or stupid. And you can still have some doubt, but if it's proved beyond a reasonable doubt, is it mm. reasonable? Yeah, and, that's a good uh, point.
1: Mm. Yeah, good point, and,
2: Mark. And the, the civil level is the civil level is uh, uh, is it more probably true than not? So you got to go beyond that.
1: Yeah, no, good point, Mark. Let's take one more, Jenny in Summerton Park. What do you think?
2: Well, I I feel that he would be guilty because he couldn't tell his son the truth. He just said uh, no yeah. when he was wired up.
1: Yeah, that's a really yeah. good point, Jenny. No Dave, comment. W- what have you said? What do you what do you think if you're sitting in the jury? Doubt or no doubt? I'm going
2: no doubt. Yeah, okay. But and I know sentencing's not up to me, although if I'm if 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 it was judge alone it is I don't regard this bloke as some sort of menace to society. I think this this whole... And in fact, if I were the judge, I would have to preclude myself from hearing it because I was actually babysat when I was extremely young by the Danzies. There you go. Mm. Adelaide, so two would, degrees of I separation. On, I would not be presiding over this case. I think that there's a, 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 a broader issue here that is terrifically sad, that goes to care for the elderly. And totally. Something has collapsed within that yeah, relationship. one hundred percent. I think that that is the great sadness of it. Yep. So whatever his honour finds, I'm, I'm not. I'm not making light of a woman's death, but equally, I'm not saying lock Peter Danzi up and throw away the key because yep. I, I just think that this is a a completely tragic set of events that's torn a family apart. A woman has lost a life somehow, um, but. You know, for, 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 for the rest of us, there's no threat here. Mm. There's mm. no threat. Yeah, to that's the community. a really great point. It's an, it's a in, great an point. internal relationship collapse under immense pressure, and yeah. it's terribly bloody sad.
1: Sean, thank you for that. Well, that was guys. just a fascinating insight, as always, if we go around the courts with uh, Sean Fuster, the best in the land from the uh, advertiser. You can read all his report in there. Good on you.
0: This is ACAST Recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows and this is one we think you're going to love. Let's get real. Have you ever wondered why adults are so obsessed with Disney? I'm theme park journalist Carly Wiesel, and on my new podcast, Very Amusing, I'm discussing every story, secret, and shenanigan I know to bring you an inside look at what's really going on there. From secret spaces like Disneyland's private $15,000 dinner to surprising celebrity hot takes, we're covering all of your curiosities. Subscribe to Very Amusing with Carly Wiesel now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts.